Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. The reason why you shouldn't stay at the cross is when you come to the cross, sin becomes history. So my, the title I want to focus on today is Sin Has Become History. Sin has become history. Sin has become history. When God made man, God created us for a purpose. He created us to have a relationship with us. He created us for his own economy and his own assignment. But something happened. Man fell. Man um, um, disobeyed God and turned his back on God. And sin entered. And so the relationship between man and God became affected. The Bible says for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, Romans chapter 5 verse 19 says that by one man's, diso- by one man's disobedience, many were, many were made sinners. Okay? So you, you are not a sinner because of your sins or because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. You are a sinner because you were born sinner due to Adam. And there has always been a problem. So then, if God created us for his purpose and sin has come to affect our relationship with God so that we have all fallen short of the glory of God and we don't have right standing with God, that means that there's a problem actually for God because then God can't fulfill his own assignment. And so in Genesis chapter 3, which is called the Proto-Evangel, the Proto-Evangel is when God was cursing the serpent for the sin, he says that, he said to the, the, the serpent, the seed of the woman, Genesis chapter 3, 15, 16, they said, the seed of the woman, shall, shall, uh, you shall bruise his heel, and I'll put enemy between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. You see, the second seed is talking about a capital seed. It's a unique seed. It's deity between you and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This is what theologians call the proto-evangel, which means the first gospel. God is the one who preached the first gospel. What's the gospel? The good news. And so Good Friday is the the day the good news was actually executed or was opened up to humanity. He was when he was born, the story the the, the story of the good news has started. But on the cross, the story of the good news was executed. That is why on the cross in John chapter um, 19 verse 30 on the cross, he said, "It is finished." The telestia, it is finished. He has finished, accomplished everything that is required for God and man to come back in a relationship so that God can fulfill his purpose. And so on the cross, Jesus accomplished it. Now watch this. In Hebrews chapter 2, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about, let's look at chapter 1 first. I'll be be quoting a lot from Hebrews because Hebrews is such loaded with the significance of um, crisis ministry and crisis assignment and crisis work. The work of Christ. All right, chapter 2, verse 9. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 9. It's, it says that, but we see Jesus. Now, it's very important. You see, at the cross, uh, in, at Easter, what happens is that you look at, you come to the cross, and what we see at the cross is the crucified Jesus hanging on the cross with the tongues, uh, the, the, the crown of tongues on his head. So at the cross, we see Jesus crowned with tongues. And on the cross, we see Jesus crowned with tongues. At the cross, we see Jesus crowned with tongues for a purpose. All right. So he was crowned with tongues on the cross for a purpose, but not permanently. He had to do that once and for all. He was crowned with tongues. But Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9, he said, But we see Jesus, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels. That's for the purpose of dying. Angels don't die. Okay. So he said, He was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of. Uh, for the suffering of death okay so he was made a little lower than angels because of death he had to die angels don't die and spirits don't die god doesn't die but human beings die so he became a human being for the purpose of death so in now hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 says but we see jesus who was made a little lower than angels that's human took upon humanity for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor what do we see we see jesus crowned not with tongues at the cross on the cross he was crowned with tongues after the cross he was he is 
crowned with glory and honor. He is crowned with glory and honor. We see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. Now, Jesus is not crowned with tongues. He's crowned with glory and honor. So when you come to the cross and all you see is the cross and you stay at the cross after your sins have been dealt with, after your sins have been forgiven, then that, that's, 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 that's not a full picture because you have to move forward. He ah, says, move forward. Move, you have to move forward to see Jesus not crowned with tongues, but so, to see Jesus crowned with glory and honor. Hallelujah. So he says that, but we see Jesus for the, uh, made a little, has made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of the crowned with glory and honor, uh, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. So he tasted death for everyone, for all of us, for for everyone, including you and I. That is what makes, makes his death exceptional. His death, that he's died glorious. Now, don't forget that. Now, now and then verse, verse 14 of the same chapter 2 of Hebrews, verse 14 says that inasmuch as the children, inasmuch as the children uh, were partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that he shared that the same, the same meaning flesh and blood. He became humanity. Okay, remember that he took on flesh, all right? So he shared in flesh. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I could have, I, I, the Holy Spirit just drew my attention to something. Sh shared in flesh, put it back on the screen, let's see. He, he shared in, uh, 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 this. in as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared, shared in the same. Same meaning what? Flesh and blood. Remember this, flesh and blood. Flesh, because God has not got flesh, and God has not got blood. God has not got flesh, God has not got blood. But so that he will be able to taste death on our behalf. So back on the screen, he says that since the children are flesh and partakers of flesh and blood, he, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who has the power, that's the devil. So he needed flesh so he can die and destroy the devil. So his, his, his death, we can say, Easter, that Jesus' death is devil, the devil destroying death. His devil destroying death on the cross occurred on Easter. Good Friday. He died on the cross. It's a devil destroying death. But it's not only devil destroying death, death it was penalty paying death. He died to pay for the penalty of our sins. So he died to pay for the penalty of our sins. He also died, ah, ah, his flesh. He, in his flesh, when he died, his flesh became the access between us and God. So we can go to God through his flesh. He is the way to the Father. His death on the cross paved the way for us to come into the presence of God, the very presence of God. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. I will show you something. Then I will talk about the tabernacle. Then I will talk about the priest, the high priest. Then I will talk about the blood of Jesus. Then I will talk about how sin has become history. And so Hebrews chapter 1, verse, verse 3, he says that, talking about Jesus, okay, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of of his person is that Jesus in his flesh was the express, the immediate image of God's person. You want to know how God looks like? Look at Jesus. So when the disciples came, Thomas, uh, when uh, uh, Philip and Thomas, the disciples came to him and said, God, uh, uh, um, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. When he said, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us, Jesus said, have I been with you all this while and you have not seen, you don't know me? John chapter um, 6. He said, have I been with you all this while? Somewhere verse 7 and verse 17. He said, have I been with you all this while and you don't know me? He said, if whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that he is the express image of the Father. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that he is the express image of his brightness. Hallelujah. And so, upholding, not just that, expressing the image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Watch this. That's not my, my, my topic now, my point now. The next point is what I'm trying to say. When he had by himself purged our sins, purged, cleansed, by himself. When he had by himself, watch this. He said, when he, Jesus, by himself, had purged our sins on the cross, he didn't stay on the cross. 
He went to the cross, but he didn't stay on the cross because the cross was the entry point. The cross was as access point for us. So no one can come to the Father outside of the cross. You need to come via the sacrifice. Because of sin, because of our sins, you can't get to God outside of a sacrifice. There always, there was always, there has always been, and there was always the need for sacrifice to take care of the sin problem. Because the sin problem always stood in the way between us and God. So there was always the need for something, sacrifice, first particularly, sacrifice to take care of the sin problem. So the Bible says that when he, by himself, it, there was a system that couldn't do it, but it was just temporary, it, it put in place temporarily, just until he comes. The Bible says that when the fullness of time was come, Galatians 4, 4, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born another day. The law, Galatians 4, 4. So at the fullness of time. So before the time came, God put some things in, into place. Galatians talks about how before the sun came, there were some things in place. That, like we had, uh, the law was like a tutor. God put the law, put, put systems in place to keep man, to help man to relate with him. But that was just under the old covenant, under the old testament by the Jews. So the Jews were having a relationship with him. Then even that, he had to, when they came out of Egypt, he had to institute after the Passover, he had to institute uh, a system by which they can approach him and deal with the issue of sin and approach him. Watch this, this is very important. So Jesus Christ, don't forget this, by himself, on the, that's when he did it on the cross. His death, his death on the cross was sin-removing death. I'll say that again. His death on the cross was a sin-removing, sin-canceling death. He died a sin-canceling death. He died a sin-removing death so that you and I can now have the access, come boldly to God, come forward to God. We can come boldly to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Now, this, I will, this, at this point, I would want to just go a little bit into the tabernacle and to show you how God was dealing with his people in the, under the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, how he was dealing with his, his people before sin was finally and once and for all removed by the death, Satan destroying death of, of, of Christ on the cross, sin removing death of Christ on the cross. Christ is now seated in glory. We see Jesus. He's seated as the Son of Man. He's seated as the Son of God. He's seated as God. He's seated as man in glory. Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 again, I need to finish that. I, I, I almost left that. It says that when he had by himself purged, when he has by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Where is Jesus? He's seated at the right hand of majesty on high. For your information, he is not on the cross. He got out, he, he did the job on the cross. He said, it's finished and get off the cross. He came and nailed our sin to the cross. He nailed our judgment, our penalty to the cross. And he got off the cross. So when you come to him, what happens? You come to him by the cross. There's no way you can have any successful relationship with God outside of the cross. And I'm going to show you in a minute. All right. So he had to come to the cross by his sacrifice on the cross purge our sin. When he finished, he ascended in heaven and sat at the right hand of majesty doing what? That one, I'll, I'll talk about this in subsequent uh, times. But now, he sat at the right hand of majesty. Alright. So, then, I want to move from here and I'll come back, I'll, I'll tie it up here and talk about the tabernacle. And God, when he brought them out of Egypt, he, he instituted systems they can relate to him. But he instituted he showed Moses how to build a certain tabernacle. So he instructed Moses to build a tabernacle. They built a tabernacle, which later on became the temple of Solomon. The Solomon built a temple. So now the tabernacle was specified by God. It, it definitely had to have um, certain things. It definitely had to have um, the, the outer court, all right? And then within the, when you enter the tabernacle, you enter at the gate and then you well, as soon as you enter in what you see is the outer court then right from the outer court as soon as you 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 well, well, let, let me show you this so the outer court as soon as you enter the outer court what you notice what you find is the the holy place so you when you sorry you enter the outer court 
Then from the outer court, you go into the inner court, and there are curtains that divide the outer court from the inner court. And then from the inner court, when you go into the inner court, there's another inner court, innermost court, which is called the holy place or the holies of holies. The holy of, it's inside the inner court. And so when you come to the tabernacle, now the holies of holies, no one was permitted and allowed to go there apart from one person once a year. And one person who has been designated, appointed by God to become the high priest, he goes into the holies of holies once a year. And so, but when you come into the outer court, when you, as soon as you enter the tabernacle, the outer court, the first thing you come, you come across is something called the brazen altar. It's an altar. It's an altar. We signify it's an altar for sacrifices where they, they, they sacrifice the animal. Burnt offerings are there. The burnt offerings to God, sacrifices to God. So that is the entry. You can't enter the tabernacle outside of the altar. The cross is the altar. You come to God. You, there's no way you can get to God outside of the cross. The cross is so pivotal. The cross is so central. The cross is the crucified Christ is the good news. Because that is the only way we can get to God. And so when you get to the tabernacle, the first thing you meet is the cross, so to speak. All right, it symbolized the cross. The first thing you meet was the brazen altar. Then afterwards, you see the brazen lever with water. You wash yourself, okay? And then from there, you can then go into the holy place. The holy place, as soon as you enter the holy place, there are three main items in the holy place. On your right is the table of shoe bread. On your left is the... Um, the uh, uh, Candles or the menorah, we call it, is, is the burning uh, uh, lamp. All right. And then just in front of you, just before you go into the most holy place, which is inside of the holy place, which is, which is inside of the holy place, the inner courts, the inner court has the, the holy place and the most holy place. Before you get to the most holy place, there is a curtain. Now, that curtain separated. Every all humanity from the holy place because the holy place was symbolic of God's actual presence, and you can't go to God's presence because you got a problem, sin. And uh, uh, God created us to have fellowship with us, but because of sin, even when He decided to come and dwell amongst His people in the in the in the person of the tabernacle, the tabernacle had different chambers, and you can go to the tabernacle, the first uh, outer court, it depends on who can go there. The, the inner court, not everybody can go there, just the priest. But the inner, of, the, the, inner the most inner court, the holiest of holies, can only be entered once a year by the high priest to go and do what? Now, this word leads me to, let's go look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. The cross has done it all for you. Calvary, Calvary, there's a song that says that Calvary covers it all. My sin and shame uh, don't count anymore, something like that. All praise to the, the, the king who has ransomed my soul. Calvary covers it all. <laughs> don't stay at the cross. Come to the cross, but don't stay at the cross. Move forward. The cross is the entry. Move on. So when you, when you read Hebrews chapter 4, he says that, therefore, let us come boldly. Come boldly. Don't stay at the cross. It's the entry. But come in. <laughs> That's where we are going now. Come in. Why can't you come in? Because sin is history as long as God is concerned and you are concerned if you are in Christ. All right. So now Hebrews chapter, what does I say? Hebrews chapter 9, I'm reading from verse, verse, verse 1. He says that, then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. So it had earthly sanctuary, but ordinances of divine service. That means that God, the, the things they were doing there the, in the sanctuary, God has instructed them, this is how you should do it. So divine service, even though it was an earthly tabernacle, okay? Earthly sanctuary. Watch this. That's the, under the first covenant. Earthly tabernacle. For the tabernacles were, uh, for a tabernacle was prepared. First, the first part in which was the lampstand, which I mentioned earlier, on, and the table of uh, and the table and the the table and the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. All right. So the first one, verse three. 
it says that and behind the second veil so the first veil when you enter the tabernacle and you you after the brazen lever you you meet a veil and when you go behind that veil it takes you into the holy place okay or the inner court now when you go into the inner court after you, you as i said you see the bread uh, table of shoe bread and the candle lampstand the lampstand you then see another curtain so the table of verse 3 again and he said that and behind the second veil which is the curtain and behind the second veil the part of the tabernacle which is called the holies of, of all so the holies of all was behind the second veil the first veil we could go but be, beyond the first veil you can't go behind the veil within that court why because god is there god is there and you can't go that was the problem and but we god created us to have time with him you remember, I said, therefore, come boldly, come boldly, come boldly, come boldly, because previously you can't come because of the issue of sin. Now, watch this. So, he says that the part of the tabernacle, uh, which is the Holy of all, verse 4, which had the golden censer and the ark, what was inside there? The ark of the covenant overlaid um, uh, on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pots that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of covenant. This is all talking about the, the, describing what was there. Now, go to the verse 6. It says that, now, verse 6 says that, now, when these things had been thus prepared, the, high, uh, the, the priests always went into the first place. Did you see that? The priests, the priests always went into the first place. The priests always went into the first place of the tabernacle. Performing services, that's the, uh, that's the inner court behind the first veil. That's the, first, the inner court. The priest always went there. Verse 7 says that, watch this, verse 7, but, but the second part, the high priest went alone. See, the priest could go in the first part, but the second part, which was behind the second veil, behind the curtains, behind the veil, it was only the high priest. So the, the high priest went alone for how many times? How many times? Once a year. He went there not without blood. He went there not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's, for the people's sins committed in ignorance. So what was the job of the high priest when he goes there? The high priest's job was to go into the holies of holies once a year. And if you go there without blood, you have flouted the law because it was uh, ordinances of divine service. That's how heaven wanted it. Okay? You can't go there without blood. He said the high priest went behind that veil, went within that veil once a year all alone with blood. He said not without blood. So then the point I'm making is that you can't go into the presence of, presence of God without blood. Look at verse, verse 18 of um, chapter 9, the same chapter. The verse 18 talks about how therefore not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. Blood is needed. Remember, I just said something. Like, since, since, since the children are partakers of flesh and blood. Ah, flesh and blood. You can't go in there without blood. He says, verse 18 of Hebrews chapter 9, he says that, therefore, even, uh, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says that, for according to the, the law, almost all things are almost all things are purified and we, uh, by blood, with blood and without shedding of blood there was no remission and so there was the need because hey, yeah, 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 yeah. since the brethren, his, the children, his brethren were partakers of flesh and blood he himself had to share in the same that by death he would destroy the devil and not just destroying the devil he, had, he needed blood so blood was required to enter into the presence of God. That's what I'm saying. Now, it's not, oh, it's not everybody who had the right or who could go into the presence. Not everybody. Who, from what we read, the holies of holies, who goes there? Only the high priest. How many times? Once. How often? Every year. Once. Once a year. So if it's 10 years, if he, he, he was the high priest for 10 years, he would have the privilege to go there only 10 times. In 10 years, once every year. If you go, when is no time to go? The judgment, of, you, you are inviting and evoking the judgment of God. And you have broken divine ordinances. Divine ordinances. Okay. So, 
Now, but, 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 okay, I get you. I get you, Pastor. I get what you're trying to say. And so, but Jesus is, 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 is uh, he came as a human being to die. And so, what shows that he could go there? No. You, no, as I said, if anyone who has to go into the holies of holies, number one, two major qualifications, okay? Number one, must be a high priest. Number two, must have blood. Let's go that again. What are the two major qualifications to go into the high, uh, uh, holies of holies? Who goes there? You must be a high priest, okay? And in Israel, the high priest is only one, once a year. So you must be a high priest. And then number two, you must not go without blood. <laughs> Why are we going to get the blood? The, the animals that were sacrificed for sins, covering of sin, you have to bring their blood. So in the Old Testament, they were not using human blood, and they couldn't use human blood. They had to use, because if you are going to shed your blood, then you are dead already. But you have to live and to enjoy the forgiveness of sin. So they had to use the blood of bulls and goats, okay? But there was a problem. The Bible says that the Hebrew chapter 10, let me show you something, then I'll move on to the other. Hebrew chapter 10, it says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never, uh, can never with the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year. See, it was done year by year. So they were offering the sacrifices continually year by year, year by year. Don't forget that. It's very important. So they were, oh, watch this. It says that can, can, can never with, with these same sacrifices. Remember the word sacrifices. Same sacrifices, okay? Same sacrifices. It requires sacrifices, okay? Same sacrifice. They were offering year by year. Can never make those who approach perfect. Verse 2. Couldn't make them who approach. For then they would not have ceased to be. Then, for then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshippers, once purified, would have watch this. Would have had no more uh, consciousness of sins. But their consciousness of sin was always there. So it made sin very current. Sin was not history. In their worship with God, sin was not history. Why? Because the sacrifices... Okay, look at verse 3. Verse 3 says that, for, but in those sacrifices, there was a reminder of sin. Every year, that was a problem. So every year, you have to go and remind the Every Because sin was a very current. Sin was active. And sin had not been dealt with. So every year, they had to go and, and sacrifice. They have to go and sacrifice every year. All right? Now look at verse 4. Verse 4 says that, for it is... It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. That is the problem. So because the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sins, they had to keep doing it because the sin was still there. Can't you get what I'm saying? It's, it's that simple. <laughs> the, 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 the sin was still there. The blood of bulls, which they were using, could not do their job. It could not do their job. So then the high priest must tiptoe gently into the holies of holies once a year. Because he himself, <laughs> look at what we just saw. He said, he must offer sins for himself and for the people. Hebrews chapter 9, verse, um, verse 7. I think I just read it. Put it on the screen. Let's see. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 7. He said, by the second sin which he offered for himself. So the guy who was going there actually had a problem. He himself is one of the people he's going to. He, he has a problem. He, was, he also had the same problem. So he had to go without boldness. God, please, I, I, I. You called me to do it. That's why I'm coming to do it, please. Uh, receive the blood. And then it goes. He had to go with, with, with timidity, with care. Because the guy had, he was going to offer the sin first for himself. The blood was first for himself. And then he said, and for the people. And why? Because it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats would take away sins. So every year, every year, every year. That would tell, who, who agrees with me that that is a real problem? Hallelujah. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. I said, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Now, we will come back to the offering of the blood. But before the offering of the blood, I told you something that it two, two, two characteristics, uh, two requirements. You must be a high priest and you must have blood. Okay? So, Jesus Christ, was he a high priest? He was God and he came, became man. So, how, did he be, how must he become a high priest? Because he needed to be a high priest to do the job. All right. Now, let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 5. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5. He says, For every high priest taken from where? So, if you are an angel, you are, you are disqualified. 
<laughs> an angel cannot be a high priest, let alone to be a deity, to be God. You can't be, because to be a high priest, you must be taken from among, for every high priest, you must be take, uh, 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 taken from among men. Is appointed for men in things pertaining, pertaining God, that he may, uh, watch this, that he may do what? Offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. I wrote something. I like, gifts are for the pleasure of God. Sacrifices are for the uh, covering of our sins. Two things they also offer gifts for God's pleasure. <sighs> and then offer sacrifices to cover our sins. Every high priest needed to do that. Every high So look at the screen, put it on the screen again. He said, for every high priest taken from amongst men. Does it make sense? Does it make sense why Jesus had to become man? Does it make sense? Why Jesus had to be? Because for you to be a priest, you must be a, you are, you must be a man. So every high priest, put it on the screen again. For every high priest taken, uh, every high priest taken from amongst men is appointed for men in, in the things pertaining to God that he may offer gifts. Verse 2. Verse 2 says that he can, he can have compassion of those who are ignorant in going astray. And he, since he himself also is subject to weakness, he himself to have the problem that people have. Oh, brother, high priest. All right. But he's a very powerful man because God, God, God appoints him. Look at this. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says that because of this, he is required as for the people, also for himself to offer sacrifice for sin. He, he has to do it because he himself is just like the people. And verse 4 says that, but, you know, even though he's like the people, you can't take this honor for yourself. It's God who appoints you, just as Aaron was. So it's a very heavily appointment. But God, in his mercy, will appoint a man to sort out, to try and help this man problem. And so he has put, it's, he, he's, he's, he's put ordinances in place so that people can follow. It's a heavenly, oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. That, <laughs> I'll put it this way. That's how it's done in heaven. That is how it's, give me this camera. That's how it's done in heaven. That's how it's done in heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. That's how it's done in heaven. In heaven, watch this. In heaven, when you want to approach God, sin will buy you. So you can't get to God. You, the, see, you find out later that the holies of holies was heaven on earth. So the holies of holies was not particularly, it wasn't like a shadow. It was actually a real thing. That's why you can't just go there. So the high priest will also actually go into the presence of God. Go into the presence of God in the tabernacle. He will move into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Now, so we have established the fact. Let's go, I think verse 5. Verse uh, um, um, 5. So, uh, watch this. Verse 5, he said, So also, Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son. Okay, it was, you are my son. Today you have become, it was he who said to him that you are my son. Let's put it on the screen. It was he who said to him that you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And then look at the next verse. Verse 6 says that. And he also says in another place, you are a priest forever. So the God who said today I have begotten, goes to verse 5. Oh, that's a strong one. Verse 5. Verse 5. Huh? I didn't even notice. Do you, know, do you know what I saw? He said, he said, watch this. Watch this. He said, Watch this, he serious. He said, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. So that means that before he had not been begotten. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Watch this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was the only begotten of the father. In eternity, he was the only begotten. But when he became a man, he became the firstborn. From when he resurrected from the dead, he became the firstborn son of God. So that we can become many sons. So he became the firstborn out of the resurrection. Now watch this. You, Jesus had to become a man so that he could become a high priest. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17. He had to become a man so he could become a high priest. Right? Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brothers, his brethren. That's men, we. That he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. So there is... This, the high priesthood role of Jesus was to also take care of sins. Three aspects of Jesus' high priestly role. The first aspect is the erotic one, which only deals with sins. The second aspect is the heavenly priesthood, which is the Melchizedek kind of priesthood, which doesn't actually deal with sin, but it offers communion, blesses and collects the tithe. <laughs> and the third 
sorry, the second one is not a, a habit. It's the, it's the kingly priesthood. So the kingly priesthood, Melchizedek, he was the king of peace, according to Hebrews chapter 7 and Genesis chapter 14. He was the king of peace and the king of uh, 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 righteousness. He was the high priest of God, being king of uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 3, verse 2, 3, 4. There. He, he was king of uh, the, uh, the king of peace and king, king of Salem, king of peace and uh, king of righteousness. So now he was that a priest by the, his his priestly was a kingly priesthood. He met Abraham after the slaughter of the kings and blessed Abraham and collected the tithe. All right. So this kingly priesthood, the kingly highest priesthood, blesses and collects comes meets uh, he, the original the ironic high priesthood goes oh i'm talking about priesthood now but that's that's fine the ironic high priesthood goes from men to god and every priest is ordained amongst men okay from uh, appointed from among men to offer gifts and sacrifice to god on the behalf of men so the ironic high priesthood is taken from amongst men and to represent go to God from men. Whilst the Melchizedek kind of priesthood doesn't just go to God from men, it comes to God, so it comes to men from God. So Abraham met Melchizedek. That's the first priest that was mentioned in the Bible, Melchizedek. Abraham met Melchizedek met Abraham when he was returning from the slaughter of the kings. And the Bible says that, and when Abraham was returning, and blessed him. And blessed him. This Melchizedek. Okay, the king of Salem, priest of the most high God. He was king, but he was priest. The kingly priesthood. So he was a kingly high priest. He was the king and he was the priest. He met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Verse 2. To whom Abraham also gave the tenth of all. First being translated king of righteousness and also king, okay, meaning king of peace. So then the point here is that he blessed, he comes from God to men. He, he, he met Abraham, blessed Abraham. Okay, and gave him bread and wine, minister communion, and collected the tithe. And so that's the second type of priesthood. And the third type of, the third aspect of Jesus' priesthood is the heavenly priesthood, which is the priest that sits on the throne, sits on the right hand of the throne, and maketh intercession. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 20, uh, 25. He maketh intercession on our behalf. This high priest sits on it. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost uh, those who come to, uh, to God through him, since he always lived to make intercession for them. This high priest always lives to, look at verse 26. I like this. He said, for this such high priest is fitting for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everyone can go and sit. They go in once and leave quickly. But this one, he went. After he has performed the ironic one, once and for all, cleared it out of the way, now he went and sat down. He's not on the throne. He's not on the cross. He's on the throne. <laughs> Jesus is not on the cross. He is on the throne. He was on the cross. That's history. But guys, the good news about the cross is the cross still works. The blood still speaks. The cross is still efficacious today because what? It was done once and for all, and it's still speaking. Powerful. So he says that when you come to church, when you come to God, when in the church, the aspects of the church, he said, Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I'm getting too excited. Let me calm down. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. He said that to the mediator of the new covenant, we have come to, uh, sorry, 12. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23. It talks about how we have come to, from verse 22, he said, you have come to Mount Zion. Hebrews 10, 22. From verse 22, he said, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Verse 23, to the assembly, the general assembly of the church of the firstborn, whose name, uh, who are registered in heaven, to the God, the judge of all, to the spirit of just men, maybe. Verse 24, that's the one. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, watch, and to the blood of sprinkle, that speaks better than that. So the blood is still speaking. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant, okay? He's the executor, or he's the executor or, or, uh, of the New Testament. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He's the surety of the new covenant. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22 and 23, talks about Jesus being the surety. He's the surety of the new covenant. Jesus has several aspects. He's the captain of our salvation. Jesus has several aspects. He's the appointed heir of all things. Jesus has several aspects. He is the uh, anointed one of God. Hebrews chapter, chapter, uh, chapter 1 verse 9. He's the son of God. Jesus has several aspects. As he sits now, he has several aspects. He's the captain of our salvation, as I said earlier on. He's the high priest from God. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. He's the apostle sent from God. He's the high priest. Hebrews chapter, uh, he's uh, uh, the high priest who ministers. Uh, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 2. He ministers in uh, a better tabernacle. He's ministering in a better better a true tabernacle which is not erected by man 
That's, he's a high priest. All right, let me leave you at the high priest and keep, keep on the high priest because there's so, so many things I can say. He's the forerunner. Jesus is our forerunner. He's the shepherd of the sheep. Oh, hallelujah. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. Hebrews chapter 13, verse, 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 verse 13. He's the great shepherd uh, of the sheep. Okay, he's our forerunner. He, 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 he's the, the same bearer. He, the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Hey, Jesus. And he said, looking on to this Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12. Look, you got to turn and look to Jesus. But you are not looking to him on the cross. You are looking to him on the throne. So I'm talking, I was, I was talking about the high priest, okay? So Jesus Christ came. He became a high priest. So here, Hebrews chapter 5, verse, verse 5 says, So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but he became high priest by him, when he, uh, uh, he said, You are my son, today I have begotten you. All right? So now he was begotten. Now, because he became, he couldn't have become a high priest if he had not been begotten. And he couldn't have become a high priest, watch this, this is a very serious one I'm about to say, if he had not resurrected from the dead. All right. So he came, uh, he's our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and verse 15, he talks about Jesus' high priest. He said that, seeing then that we have a great, this one calls him great. Those other ones are quite many ones. But Jesus, since that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. This one, they only went to the tabernacle. Holy Spirit. He has passed through the heavens. Jesus is the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Look at verse 15. For we do not, for we do not have a high priest who cannot, be, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. This is the high priest we are talking about. Now, um, I'm about to show you something very serious. I'm about to show you something very serious. So, all right, let's take it systematically. Now we have established the fact that Jesus is the high priest. We have already spoken about the tabernacle. So to be able to deal with it, uh, to enter into the holies of holies, first of all, you have to come from the entrance and the sacrifice, which represents the altar, and then go into the holy place, and then goes there, and then go behind the curtain, behind the veil. On the cross, when Jesus died, he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabatami. And Bible said that when he gave up the ghost, the curtain in the, uh, in the temple was torn from top to bottom in Matthew chapter 27 verse 51. Matthew 27 51 says that and the curtain and the for uh, then behold the veil you see the veil veil behind the veil within the veil the veil of the temple was torn in two that's the veil that was preventing us from getting to the no one could enter go behind the veil no one could go within the veil you can't go there but on the cross, when he said, it is finished, the veil was torn. Hallelujah! That means that access granted. <laughs> Hallelujah! The veil, when he said, it is finished, the veil was ripped from top. Because very high. It's God himself who ripped, ripped it. Not somebody. God held it from the top and ripped it. And you know, Hebrews, I find out, brothers and sisters, I find out that in Hebrews, Jesus' body was the veil. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. It talks about, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 said, by a new and a living. This is where I'm going to. Let's go. Let's read from verse 18. Now, where there is remission of this, there's no longer an offering for sin. Do you, you see that? No longer. You mean no longer an offering for sin? Uh-huh. Uh, but they were doing it every year. Yeah, now no longer. I'll go. I'll come to that. <laughs> All right. But let's go to the, verse, the next verse, verse 19. It says that, therefore, because there's no longer offering for sin, sin is his fuel. I said sin is history so long as God is concerned. And the, you, the Christian, are concerned. Sin is history. So, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter eh, into the holies. Now, we are, we are not high priests, but you can also enter with the blood of Jesus. Uh, by the blood of Jesus. He said, having boldness to enter the blood of, uh, uh, the holies of, by the blood of Jesus. Verse 9, in the new, and uh, watch this, watch this. By a new and a living way, which Jesus consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. His flesh was the veil. He consecrated access to us through his flesh. So when he, grew, he died on the cross in his flesh. Watch this. Remember this. He says, since, since the children are flesh and blood, he also took the same. He needed the flesh. He needed the flesh to deal with this whole problem of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so now, systematically, this our high priest. Now, so we have established that he is the high priest. Okay, he is the high priest, uh, but he had to enter the holies of holies. But he needed to go with blood. That's the problem. He needed to go with blood. So where did he get the blood from? He said, "No, I'll go." <laughs> he said, "I'll go with my own blood." Hey, but how can you go with your own blood? Because you you die, then you can't go. He said, "No, me, I'll go." 
I will die and collect my own blood and take it to the holy soul. <laughs> to make sin history. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 9. <laughs> All right. Hebrews chapter 9, verse... Um, um, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now, the main point we are trying to say is this. We have such a high priest who is seated... Ah, he's seated. Oh, he's seated. We have such a high priest. Oh, we, have, we have such a... Who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven. That's the high priest we are supposed to be looking at. Crown with glory. We see Jesus crown with glory. Not Jesus crown with tongues on the cross. All right. So, verse, verse 2. Verse 2. A mini, Jesus is a minister. Do you see that? He's a minister of the sanctuary and the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. The next one. Verse 3. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifice. Therefore, it is necessary that this one, Jesus too, have something to offer. He must also have something. Now he's a high priest. So what are you going to offer? You have to have something to offer. This, so it's necessary for Jesus uh, to also have something to offer. Verse um, 3, okay. Verse 4, look at verse 4 is very funny, very interesting, not funny, very interesting. He said, for if he were on earth, he would not, uh, there would not, if he were on earth, he would not be a priest. Since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law. They're already doing the earthly thing. So he doesn't have to come and do another one. All right, now, look at verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. That's talking about Jesus. Inasmuch as he is a mediator of mediator of a better covenant, which he established on better promises. Hallelujah. Watch this. We are going somewhere. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for the second. Because find because finding finding fault with them, he said, Behold, now God said there's a problem with the first one because the blood of bulls can't do the job. The blood of goats can't do the job. And the high priest himself has sinned. <laughs> so I really can't do the job. All right. So then uh, uh, but God said, I'm going to make a new covenant. Remember that. For verse 8, he says, because finding fault with them, he says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. That's the new covenant. What's the new, new covenant going to be about? It's, it's, very, it's kind of similar to the old covenant, but it's going to be a new one because the thing is not doing the job. I knew it wouldn't do the job, but I have to put it in place so that until Jesus, um, I, I, God himself comes. Now, look at chapter 9. I've, I've, I've already read, we read, we started reading from chapter 9, and then we read about the tabernacle, okay? And we read about how the high priest, verse 7, says that, but into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, but he, uh, uh, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins, committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating that, watch this, the way into the holies of hell was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. So the way to the holies of holy was not yet available. That means one day it's going to be available. The, the way to the holies of holies was not yet made manifest. The way to the holy was not yet ready. That's the holy was signal whilst the old tabernacle was there. So that means that there was a time coming that is going to be the way to the holies of holies is going to be available. The ways, the way to go within the veil. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Access to go into the veil, to go behind the veil, within the veil, is going to be made available. That's why don't stay at the cross. Come within the veil. Let's go. Go into the veil. Go inside. Don't stay at the entrance. Go inside. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Uh, let's read the verse 11. That's interesting. That's chapter 9. But Christ, but, Christ, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with, a, with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle, not with, not, not with hands that is not of this creation. So the tabernacle Christ entered is not a human tabernacle. It's actually the original one which the the one Aaron was entering was shadowing. Okay. The tabernacle, Jesus says, uh, um, not with hands. Watch this. I like the verse 12. I like the verse 12. The verse 12 is serious. I wish you could read with me wherever you are watching. The verse 12 is not with blood. They were going with blood. You can't go without blood. Now this high priest came and went there, but not with blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place. How many times? Once! He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. He obtained redemption for us and entered the holy place once and for all. So eternal redemption had not been 
obtained yet. Man had not been redeemed from the power of sin. Man had not been redeemed from judgment. Man had not been redeemed from the wrath of God, the judgment of God. So when he entered with his blood, he obtained eternal redemption once and for all. So it's not something you have to keep going every day. No, eternal redemption. So that means that when you are redeemed, you are redeemed eternally. Because of the blood of Jesus, you are redeemed eternally. The, the uh, Old Testament priests, they were going over and over. Now, let's, let's look at the verse, 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 verse 13. For if the blood of bulls, uh, chapter 9, verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes, uh, ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifying for the purifying of the flesh. Those days, it could allow them to have a relation with God. So if it was working, how much more? Verse 14 said, how much more shall the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So he did it so that you can move forward to serve the living God. When you read the book of Hebrews, sometimes every now and then you see this living God. said, you have come to the city of the living God. The living God, to serve the living God. All right. Now, um, so purge your conscience to serve the living God. Uh, we will quickly jump to verse 10, chapter 10. That's where I will be beginning to move this to an end. But before we go to chapter 10, I want to, I want to take you a little back on to chapter 7. Look at chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. He said, for, <laughs> I like this. This, this statement is so nice. He says, such a high priest is fitting for us. <laughs> Not those ones. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, for such a high priest is fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners. The other one was with sinners. He also had to go do for himself first. Separated from sinners and has become higher than the heavens. Verse 27. Look at that, verse 27. Who does not need See, daily, ask those high priests. <laughs> it's very interesting. Ask those high priests who does not need daily, ask those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. So he came, Jesus came and gave up himself, offered up himself, as a sacrifice for sins once and for all. Then he did once and for all. Verse 28. Verse 28. For the law appoints as high priest men who have weakness. But the word of oath, which he said, you are my son today, I saw you are a priest after the order of the men. That oath, which came after the law, appoints the son who has been perfected forever. So his his high priest's foot is, he doesn't die. He's perfected forever. Such a high priest is fitting for us. Amen. Chapter 9, verse 20, 26. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. We are, we, are, we are in Hebrews. Because Hebrews is the book that presents, tell us more about the heavenly Christ. When you read the other epistles of Paul, most of the time Paul was talking about um, the Christ within, Christ within, Christ within, Christ within, Christ within, which is necessary. Christ inside of you. Christ is in me and all that. But in Hebrews, he presents the Christ in heaven, the heavenly Christ, the Christ on the throne. So the Christ in, within, how do you deal with the Christ with? To enjoy or to experience the Christ within, you have to enter your spirit. <laughs> enter into the spirit. Be in the spirit. That's what we mean by be in the spirit. Be spiritual, brother. <laughs> be in the spirit. Stop that sin. Always be in the spirit. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you are, you are going to do something, the Holy Spirit says, don't do it. Yeah, be in the Spirit. That's how you can enjoy the, in, 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 uh, the Christ within. But the heavenly Christ, the, how, do you, how do you enjoy the heavenly Christ? You have to turn away. That's why I said looking unto Jesus. Turn away from earthly things. Turn away from earthly religion, earthly things, earthly systems. And look unto Jesus. That's the heavenly Christ. And so in the Hebrews... That's why I'm, I'm more in the Hebrews because the, in the book of Hebrews, I'm, I'm talking about the heavenly Christ. Amen. Who is no more on the cross? Christ is no more on the cross. And so don't stay at the cross. Come inside the holies. Come within the veil. Come inside. Come. Don't stay at the cross. Because he had gone. Ah, brother, you know what I just remembered? He says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 20, where verse 19 says that which, which, is, uh, which hope? This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, 
bowstrawing steadfast, which I hope enters the presence behind the veil. You can, it's the behind the face, the same as within the veil. The hope goes behind the veil, which no one can go. Watch this, verse 20. Where, behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus. So Jesus is our fault. He has entered. So if a forerunner has gone, that means the rest are coming. Hey, hallelujah. Where the high priest could not go, we are now being invited to come in. But he had to go first to present not the blood of bulls, to present his own blood, to, oh, to make sin history. So that now you can also come within the veil. <laughs> so where the forerunner, put it on the screen again, where the forerunner, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, has entered. He's entered there. So we have to now come. So, so remember, he has entered there. Uh, he didn't enter with the blood of bulls, but he entered with his own blood. Hebrews chapter 9, I was reading, verse 26. Hebrews 9, 26. 9.26 says that he then, this talking about Jesus Christ doesn't have to do it uh, repeatedly over and over because he did it once and for all, okay? Uh, um, he said if he, are, if he is supposed to do that, then he then would have, would have had to suffer, suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to do what? Put away sin. Once at the once, how many times? Once at the end of the ages, Jesus has not will appear. He has already the cross. He has appeared to do away to do what to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. And so, that, that, I'm, I'm bringing a big question now. So, if put, sin has been put away by the sacrifice of Himself, then are dealing with God. Sin is not a problem because sin is history. Sin is history. Uh, so I, what I say, I should go and hide and sin. No, no, no. No, no, no. As long as your position is Christ, in Christ is concerned, if you stay in your position, sin is not a problem. You are not going. You can come to God anytime in Christ. Anytime. Any day, anytime. You can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. <laughs> Christ our circle. Our sucker, Christ, our helper, our instant helper. Now, so it says that he has appeared at the end, at the end of the ages to put away sin. How did he do it? By the sacrifice of himself. Okay, go to verse 28. 28 says that so also, because he's appointed for one to die once, so also Christ was offered once to bear. Why was he offered? To bear sins. The cross is to deal with sin. He was offered once to bear the sins of many. Not himself. He didn't have it. So he was offered once to bear the sin. First, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 talks about how God has made Christ to be sin for us. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So once you are in him, you are the righteousness of God. Because he, he took your sin so that so that you can take his righteousness and now enter the throne. Hallelujah. And so Hebrews chapter, chapter 9, verse 28, 9, 28, he says that, Hebrews 9, 28 said, So Christ was offered once to bear sin, the sins of many. To those who eagerly await, uh, wait for him, he will appear a second time. He's coming again. He, he's, he's, the coming of Christ is to first one to bear sins, to put away sins. And then he's going to sit down. He will get up and come back. He came to be born, to put away sin. Now he's going to sit as the high priest on the throne, interceding on our behalf. A time is coming. He's going to come, appear a second time. Apart from, this why it's not sin. It's not to deal with sin. Because sin is history. To come and take us to himself finally. Real salvation. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Now, having said all this, so what have I said so far? The tabernacle, we are supposed to enter the holies of holies, number one. And then you, it's only high priests who can enter the holies of holies. Number two, I had, the high priests were all entering holies of holies regularly, year after year. They were entering the holies of holies year after year because they couldn't deal with sin. But sin needs to be dealt with permanently. And so Jesus also came as high priest. Okay, God appointed him high priest and then went into the holies of holies, with, or went behind the veil, went within the veil with his own blood and sat he dealt with sin once and for all. Now, having said that, he went behind his bill. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. That's where I'm going to end. 
Hebrews chapter 10. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, verse, I want to pick it up from verse 10, uh, no, verse 16, or verse 15. But the, Holy Spirit with the, but, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after, I'll make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts and, my, and on their minds. I will, on their minds, I'll write them. Verse 17, then, uh, then he adds, they are sins. You see that? He adds, they are sins and lawless deeds. I will remember no more history. They are sins and lawless deeds. I will, God will remember no more, no more. No, it's the new covenant I'm going to make with them. Not an old covenant. I'm going to make a new covenant. And as it's Jesus Christ, remember, he's the mediator of the new covenant. He's the executor of the old, uh, the, sorry, the New Testament. He's the mediator. He's, he's the mediator. He makes sure that, the, 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 remember, Hebrews chapter, chapter 10, verse 24, it says that you have come to uh, the, the, uh, the, the Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. Hebrews chapter 10, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 12, verse 24. Hebrews 12, 24, he said to, the, to Christ, the mediator, to Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. Christ, the mediator of the new covenant, the mediator of the new covenant, the mediator of the new covenant. Hebrews chapter 8, verse Verse 2 and verse 6, particularly I think verse 6, it talks about he has entered uh, better promises. He has, but now he has obtained more excellent in as much as he's the mediator of a better covenant. The mediator, the, this new covenant thing, Christ came to execute it. Christ came to make sure that this thing is happening by his blood. That's why so he, he says that, and to the blood of sprinkle, or the blood of the new covenant. In Matthew, I think this should be Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. Matthew 26, verse 28. When he was about to uh, the Passover, he said, this is the blood, okay, the blood of the new covenant, which is first shed for many for the remission of sins. So when he was about to take the last supper, he told them, this is the blood. So it's not something that's about to be done. I'm actually doing it. The blood of the new covenant. The new covenant is now about to be activated. The new covenant is now about to be installed. The new covenant is now about to be Put in place. So he took his blood. His blood is what? It's called the blood of the new covenant. And Jesus is the mediator. He's the one who, who uh, uh, mediates. He's the one through whom we have the new covenant. And the new covenant, it comes first of all. One of the new things about the new covenant is it takes away sins. It makes sense history. Hebrews chapter 10, as I was reading. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. He says that, then he, God asks, he said, Verse 16, let's look at verse 16 again. He said, I'll make for our, this is the covenant that I'll make with them after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my law in their hearts and, and, uh, uh, and in their minds, I will write them. Then he adds, they are sins and they are lawless deeds. Think about it, lawless deeds. I will remember no more. I will remember no more. If you are watching, say no more. He said, God said, I will remember. That means that actually, he's always been looking forward to getting rid of sin so that he can do his actual job. Sin came in to step in the way and interfere. And he had a plan, proto-evangel, he had a plan to deal with this sin one thing, once and for all. God's plan was to deal with sin because sin was not important. God's plan for us, what he wanted to do with us, sin came to interfere. So he had to get, get rid of this thing. If sin was important, he wouldn't have said, I'll remember no more. He said, I've dealt with this. So let's get about it. Let's not move on to better things. Let's get on with business and forget about these petty, petty things. So long as God's original plan is concerned, sin is petty. That's why when you are born again, every time sin, sin, oh God, forgive me, sin. You are, you are, sin is petty. Get over it and move on with God. Move on. Enter the spirit. Come out of the flesh. Enter the spirit. Hallelujah. So he said, I will remember. He said, I will remember their sins no more. Because sin is history. Right. Now look at verse 17, verse, 20, verse 18. This is very important. All right. So he said, now where there is remission of sins, there is no longer an offering for sin. Because it's not necessary. Where there is remission, sin has been taken away, remitted. Where there is remission of sins. Those days, it used to cover. That's why when 
John the Baptist in John chapter 1, verse 9, 29, he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away, remitted. Your sins have been remitted. He said, This is the blood of the new covenant which will be shed for the remissions of the sins of many. For the remissions of sins. Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. The blood will be shed for the remission. It's also he said, Where there is remission, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse uh, 18. He says that where, Hebrews 10, 18, said, Now where there is remission of these the sins there's no longer an offering for sin so that this this makes the old testament priests redundant because they were they were appointed to offer sins uh, offer gifts and sacrifices for sins according to hebrews chapter um, um, 5 verse 1 and 2 and chapter 8 they were appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins for every heart we take of our man, it's appointed for men and for anything, um, uh, to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifice for sin. But where there is remission of sins, there is no longer, see what I'm saying? There is no longer an offering for sin. So if your job is to be offering sins, then you have been rendered redundant. Because Jesus has fulfilled that aspect of the priesthood job. So there's no longer sacrifice because he did it once and for all. So now what shall, shall we supposed to do? Now what are we supposed to do? Sins have been remitted. Glory to the next verse, verse 19. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, you too now, you can come inside. Because the forerunner, the, the forerunner has entered <laughs> for us. So, therefore, having boldness, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter behind the veil, enter the holies by the blood of Jesus. Watch this. What does it say? By a new and a living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. What are we supposed to do? Go, go to the quickly, verse 21. And having, having a high priest over the house of God, what are we supposed to do? Let us... Don't stay at the cross! Draw near! Wow! 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 Let us draw near with what? Let us, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from evil conscience. You see? The conscience of sin sometimes lingers on. The blood of Jesus sprinkles our hearts from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, which is the word. Let us come forward. Let us come forward. Let us come forward. So in Hebrews, there are places, about four places. He said, move forward, uh, move on forward, or come forward. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, said, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, said, let us come forward. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, Verse 6, he said, for anyone who comes to God, if you are coming, then faith, 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 faith. He who comes to God, he who is come to God must be, so come God, come forward, come forward. We have been enjoined to come forward. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, he said, for we have not come to Mount Zion, we have come to Mount Zion. We have come to, we are supposed to come, 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 come. It's this now is come, come, don't stay, stay, stay. You come to the cross, but don't stay at the cross because he's no longer on the cross. He's on the throne. And he said, come, come, come to the throne. Come where I am. I have gone ahead of you so that you, I am the forerunner. Come, 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 come within the veil. Enter within the veil. Hallelujah. Make sure you don't forget this. Sin is, is history because Christ has died for sins once and for all. So now, come closer to me. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.